Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, folks, it's not a not really great day today. Obviously, we got some really terrible news about the president and the first lady last night. Um, of course, media ghouls were quick to jump on board and try to make a political situation out of it, which is really more of a testament to, to the jellyfish-like spineless character of them than it is to anyone else. I want to hat-tip Joe Biden. It's not a joke. I'm not being funny or sarcastic. This is no time for that. For sending his best wishes and others on the left who took the high road too. It's not a time for politics. We can put that to bed for at least today, if we can try. It's just been a bad day. I've got a bit of personal news too, but um, we've got a show to do. There's a lot to talk about. Um, today's show brought to you by friends at ExpressVPN. Go get a VPN today and protect your online activity from prying eyeballs. Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? Fine, sir. It's Friday! Yeah! <laughs> There you I go. needed that. So you know I'm doing a little good. bit of cheering up from Joe yes. in his 19 worst 1960s game Terrible. show producer Terrible. voice. But as I said a long time ago, <laughs> and I meant it, and he knows it. No matter what happens, <laughs> we're going to continue the show as we've always done. Yes, we are, and that's what we do on Friday. Yes, we are because we're not going to be Debbie Downers here. Um, all right, let me get to Hi, it first. Uh, again, some personal news. Paul and I had a really difficult morning. So. Whew. Deep breaths, brother. So today's show brought to you by our friends at My Patriot Supply. Listen, you know what's next. It's likely coming. Food shortages, power outages, grocery stores closed, and social unrest. It's sad we have to ask these questions, but you should be asking yourself, is my food supply insured? Everything in your life that matters is insured. Your health, some people have dental insurance, car insurance, home insurance. But the harsh reality is a lot of people don't insure their food supply. Why not? Avoid panic masses in a last-minute rush. Order your four-week supply of emergency food today from our friends at MyPatriotSupply.com. Starvation or dependency on the government are your only options if you fail to plan ahead and ensure your food supply. It doesn't make any sense. Avoid the pain of being unprepared. Go today to MyPatriotSupply.com. Go right now. I think My Patriot Supply would agree the best day of your life is the day you don't need their stuff. But if you need it and don't have it, it's a big mistake. Build your emergency food supply today with meals that last up to 25 years in storage. Ship discreetly to your door. Folks that know what's coming have used today to prepare. I did. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com, the original Patriot Preparedness Company. That's MyPatriotSupply.com. MyPatriotSupply.com. Ensure your food supply today with a four-week emergency food supply from My Patriot Supply. All right, Joe, let's go. got it. So you all have lived with me through so much. Uh, you know, my life's an open book. It always has been for you. I feel like I owe it to you. If you're going to dedicate an hour of your day five days a week to me, then I owe you some openness. So we got a bad phone call this morning um, about this lump in my neck. Um, I don't want to say anything because we don't know for sure. And it'd be irresponsible even to speculate on my own health. But the call was not, uh, was not great. The, uh, you know, it's treatable. So, uh, you know, whatever it is, is treatable. So I don't want to be dire or grim unnecessarily in the prognosis, but it's just not an easy call uh, to handle for my wife um, or for me. You know, I'm only 45 and it's not, uh, it's just like a real punch in the stomach right now again, but we're going to stay on the air. 
no matter what. Um, and we're going to make sure that we do what we need to do. Everyone's got obstacles. This is just one of mine. You all have your own to deal with too. Um, and I deeply appreciate all the kind words, but, uh, I just, I mean, it happened just before we started recording. So hence the, you know, hence the mood. So, okay. Uh, more bad news last night. Um, I'll keep you updated, by the way. And next week, we will have shows for you. Um, some of them may be taped a little early. So forgive me if we miss every bit of breaking news next week, but we will do shows. I, matter of fact, I taped one last night, uh, which I think you're going to... I mean, listen, I obviously have an interest in telling you it's my show, but I think you're going to really love... Remember Michael Anton, the guy who wrote that piece, The Coming Coup, about the yeah. Democrats' plans yeah. after the election for all this chaos? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm talking yeah. about. They've inter the, the interview is going to go viral. I interviewed him last night. He was absolutely spectacular. Um, so that'll launch next week sometime. I'm not sure uh, in the place of one of the daily shows because I have to have a surgical procedure done um, next week. So that obviously that day I won't be able to do anything. Um, but I will be on the air, either from a hotel room or somewhere. But we're going to bring you a show. Okay, getting back to the important stuff. So um, devastating news I woke up to this morning. I get up at around six o'clock. The dog always wakes us up barking because the dog has to go outside, of course, do the business. They don't exactly get to flush a toilet bowl, the doggies, <laughs> especially when they're young and their bladders are tiny. Um, but I woke up to some really, I, I, I was in shock. Um, Washington Examiner, the president of the United States, in case you haven't heard, I'm sure most of you have by the time this airs and airs on terrestrial radio, uh, and the First Lady both have tested positive for coronavirus after Hope Hicks, who's one of their closest advisors, uh, tested positive as well. You know, folks, again, uh, the instant response from some on the left, and I, I, thought, I thought about this. I thought about it and deliberated on it all morning. Do I show you all of the tweets? I'm, I mean, I'm not, when I say all of them, I mean hundreds of serious blue check mark liberals. I'm not talking about, you know, uh, a, a couple of, of, of D canoes, if you know what I mean. I'm talking about people with big followings and influence, literally wishing for the president's death. Doesn't surprise me. No, it doesn't. Um, no, it doesn't surprise me either. But it is just a reminder, as I tweeted out this morning, and I want to be very clear, it wasn't all of them. I opened up the show specifically addressing the Biden camp, which sent out a nice well-wish with no stupid caveats, right. which I thought was right. Tulsi Gabbard, even Rachel Maddow. And they deserve to be applauded for that. Period. Not suggesting anything there, their politics or anything like that. But we can't say let's put politics to bed. And when other people say and do the right thing, say, oh, well, let's just let's pile on them too. No, I'm not going to do that. But sadly, there were large numbers of sick blue check mark liberals on Twitter and elsewhere, Facebook, wishing for the death of the president. It is a reminder out there of who these people are. Not stigmatizing all Democrats out there. I'm simply telling you, it is a reminder of what we're up against. This is as manichaean in a fight as you're going to see in your lifetime. I told you the fight was going to come to your door. I told you the people we're dealing with who want to bring this fight to your front door are genuinely awful and evil human beings. They tell you every day. Ignore them at your own peril. They're not kidding. They're playing for keeps. This is not fun for them. This is not a sandbox. 
This, for them, they consider existential. You're making a catastrophic mistake if you don't look at it the same way. There's another takeaway here, ladies and gentlemen. This is too important to stay home in this fight. It's too important to stay home. I'm obviously devastated that the president caught this virus, the coronavirus. I know he'll come through it. I know Melania Trump, the first lady, will come through it. But attacking the president because he chose during the most important election of our lifetime at 74 years old to go out and campaign in spite of the fact that he could become infected and that's somehow a knock on him by the left is disgraceful. Joe Biden's free to make his own choices. Joe Biden wants to sit in his basement and Joe Biden wants to campaign from his basement and backyards because he thinks it's safer. That's fine. That's a personal choice Joe Biden has made. If you believe the polls, that choice may work out well for him. That wasn't the president of the United States' choice. He put his own health at risk. As he said last night on the Sean Hannity show, police officers, firemen, military people come up to him. They want to hug him, shake his hand. He doesn't have people turn him away. He could. I worked in the Secret Service. You don't think they could turn him away? But he doesn't do that. And we're knocking him for it because he may have caught a potentially deadly virus? Think about that for a minute before you run with that line of reasoning. Because I know you think the American people are with you on that because some of you are in a media bubble. You're in the Truman Show where everybody's acting around you and telling you how great you are, even though they know it's all an act. But that's not how most of America feels. They're pretty devastated that the president of the United States, while he was out campaigning in the most important election of our lifetime, while shaking hands with people he cares about, caught a potentially deadly virus. That's how they feel. They're watching what you do on social media platforms and elsewhere while you gloat in this moment. In one of the most grotesque displays of insanity and lunatic-like behavior I've seen in my lifetime, and that's saying a lot. Do you think for a moment if Joe Biden came down with the coronavirus, God forbid, that me and Joe on this show would be gloating in it? Mm -hmm. If you think that, please don't watch my show again because you've definitely got the wrong guy. We don't even like talking about his cognitive decline. The only reason we address it, as we've repeatedly stated and been careful about the tone, and we've made mistakes on it too, yeah. is because it's not funny, but he's running for president. That's important. Just like it's important right now to discuss the logistics of something happens, God forbid, to President Trump. We can't ignore it. Yeah. It's no different than me discussing with you this health thing I'm going through right now. You've this is a business too. It's a business for me and it's a business for you to give your time to me. We all have to talk about this stuff. It's uncomfortable, but it's real and it's the real world. We all have obstacles. We all have to deal with them. All right. Um, let me just kind of move on, but not listen. I'm not sure what's going to happen about the next debate, October 15th, but Folks, this is just incredible. I saw just a news story. It'll be in the show notes today, John Solomon's site. I, I, I mean, really? The next debate moderator after the debacle we saw in the first one? Former intern to Joe Biden is going to moderate the second presidential debate? I'm not even sure, given this news, if this debate's going to happen Whoa. on October 15th anymore. Whoa. I just, I mean, come on, guys. Dude. I don't know this guy, Steve Scully. I'm not, I don't know his politics. All I know is we couldn't find at least one person who doesn't have an attachment to some ideological leftist idea or doesn't have an attachment to the Biden campaign. 
You know, I saw an idea yesterday and I like it. If we're just going to make these things ideological, listen, folks, this is important. I'd like your feedback on this. Joe, you too. All right. Paul, I know you're not in a place right now to give feedback. Well, let's just try to get through this. Yeah. Paul is crying right now. That's really hard. Mm. Sorry. She's been crying the whole show. I don't mean, I'm not trying to like, God, she's my wife. She just cares a lot about me. It's been a tough morning. But I have an idea. Oh, man. And it's an important one. If we're going to do ideological debates, fine. But then let's get one liberal moderator. Let's put Rachel Maddow up there. I'm okay with that. Trump can handle it. He does it every day. He deals with the liberal media. And then let's get Sean Hannity or Laura Ingram All right. or Mark Levin. Why not? Yeah. Have one ask questions of one and the other one ask, have Mark Levin question Joe Biden and have Rachel Maddow question Donald Trump. Trump's used to it. He gets questions from the liberal media every day. I like that, man. Yeah. Joe, is that not no, fair? I, I like that. I mean, I mean let, let's yeah. stop pretending that these are nonpartisan actors moderating these. Let's just make partisan actors cross-examine the witness. Yeah. Why not? I'd agree to it if I was, I'd agree to it. If, I mean, I'm running for president, obviously. If I was, I've run for office, I would absolutely agree to that. You're getting questions from leftists anyway. You might as well have Mark Levin, Hannity, or Ingram, or Rush Limbaugh ask questions of Biden. At least it would be a fair effort. But folks, what's happening now is not fair. What's happening now is an embarrassment. You have these moderators pretending they're nonpartisan actors who nail Trump to the wall. Every time he misses a period, forgets to dot an I or cross a T, and Biden just gets away with absolutely everything. And it's not fair. All right. Um, let me get to my second sponsor. And he, I got a loaded lineup for you today. We're going to get through this, all right? I, I want to be here, so it's important. Don't think I'm doing this for any other reason other than we need to do this. Um, but I've been warning you, and I discussed with Michael Anton in the interview we recorded yesterday, that, uh, the Transition Integrity Project this chaos group uh, threatening chaos after the election if Trump wins. What if I told you there was a tie between them and these tech tyrants as well? No. You're, I know you. No. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, Ditto. so that's coming up next. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know. Right. Stunning. So it's the most non-breaking, breaking news all day. But when I tell you who's involved and who's associated with people associated with this project, you're going to be like, ding, ding, ding. Now bell goes <laughs> off, right? Yeah. Also got some video of Biden doing some really awful things here. All right, today's show brought to you, because we do have to get back to the political side of that, outside of his well wishes, which we do appreciate. Um, brought to you by Cuts. For better or worse, 2020's kicked off the work from home era. We know that. Everyone's asking one big, one big question. What do you wear? Do you really need to wear a tie for your Zoom meeting? I'm a no on that, by the way. Um, probably not. Good. They agree. They're at Cuts. But sweatpants and your go-to-gym uh, go go gym tee don't feel right either. I think we all agree on that, too. Cuts clothing is the perfect solution to your work-from-home wardrobe confusion. Cuts is the, excuse me, Cuts is the best in the world. <laughs> Obviously, my stomach is not in the no. right place this morning, folks. I'm sorry, but Cuts is the best. I got to make light out of some of it. Cuts is the best in the world at making technical apparel for the sport of business. Their T-shirts, polos, and hoodies have enough quality and style to wear in the office, on a date, and anywhere in between. You don't have to choose between a classic look and a modern feel. After four years of development, Cuts has finally released their new polos and hoodies. The new PYCA, uh, Pika Polo, was designed in Los Angeles with Cuts, uh, uh, with, with Cuts custom-engineered Pika. 
Pika. A pro fabric that keeps you fitted for the daily work grind, a happy hour escape, and everything in between. Cut's new hoodies are made with their custom Hyperloop uh, French Terry fabric. They resign with comfort of mind and lasting structure for the long haul. When we go out at date night, Paul and I, which is going to have to go on a hiatus for a little bit, unfortunately, um, I like to wear cuts. They look sharp every time. The fabric looks nice. It's a beautiful looking shirt. Best in the business. Maybe tomorrow, you think? All right. That would be all right. <laughs> I'm going to have to skip the tequila. <laughs> cuts is loved by your favorite athletes, entrepreneurs, and even podcast hosts like me. Try these folks. They're gorgeous looking shirts. Seems like everyone's wearing cuts these days. Get 15% off your first order by going to cutsclothing.com slash Bongino. Don't wait. That's cutsclothing.com slash Bongino for 15% off the only shirt worth wearing. Check them out. You're going to really like them. Okay. So getting back to the show. You know, I've been warning you repeatedly over and over, not to frighten you, um, but to warn you about what the left is saying about post-election day chaos and their implementation plans for a, quote, street fight, not a legal one. Ladies and gentlemen, again, you can call it a conspiracy theory all you like. That's fine. That's up to you if you're a leftist. We're simply citing the leftist's own words through their group, the Transition Integrity Project, these Democrat luminaries who, after the election, are calling for a street fight, not a legal one. That's a quote, by the way. That's not my version of their quote. Those are their actual words. They will not let Trump win this election, and we have to be aware of what's going on. Having said that, they are de facto partnering up with big tech tyrants at the top of some of these tech companies who are associated with people associated with this project. You want, you want to hear some more troubling news? Get ready now. I'm going to get to the Transition Integrity Project in a great piece by Julie Kelly in a moment. But get ready now to be censored on social media on Election Day and afterwards. No way, Dan. They wouldn't dare do that. Come on. After Election Day? censoring conservatives. Don't take my word for it, folks. Just listen to what they're saying. Don't ever forget the Denny Green Arizona Cardinals NFL quote from about a decade ago when they lost to the Bears. And the reporter asked Dennis Green, were the Bears who you thought they were? And he, Dennis Green loses mind. They are who we thought they were. The leftist tech tyrants are who we think they are because they're telling us who they are. Look at this piece at the Hill. New York Times folks, other folks out there are already calling for mass censorship on social media. Soviet Union, Soviet Union style. Uh, Joe does the Soviet national anthem better than I do. Mm -hmm. After the election, they're already doing it. They're already doing it. Look at this article at the Hill. Yeah. New York Times editorial board presses for plan if Trump tweets that he won the election. The president of the United States is perfectly able and should be authorized by social media platforms to say if he won or didn't after the election. He has political prognosticators. He has people, Joe Biden, the same. Now, again, disclosure, I am one of the owners of Parler, an alternative to Twitter, and thank you for your support. We've exploded again over the last few days um, in app downloads as people realize they're probably only going to be able to speak freely after the election on Parler, where we've committed to free speech, by the way, for liberals too. You think your candidate won? Congress, Senate, the presidency, and Joe Biden? Have it out on Parler. We don't care. You're all grown adults. You can figure it out. But that's not what the New York Times is calling for. Look at this screenshot from this article to Hill. Get ready. 
Again, don't take my word for it. Just take theirs. Quote, The Hill. The Times editorial board suggested that if Trump tweets he's won the election before he legally has, social media platforms adjust their algorithms to downplay his posts. <laughs> Jeez Louise. I don't know, Louise. <sighs> I don't know her. No. But yes, she should be troubled too. Yes, she probably is. Louise yeah. always creeps yeah. up through the decades when people always like Louise. They always call out for Louise. Louise should be troubled too. They're calling for Twitter and Facebook to downgrade the algorithms to make sure Trump or any one of us can't tweet out that Trump won if he won, while liberals are going to be given free reign to say Biden won in a landslide with no evidence to back that up. Mm. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm just telling you, this show has been a, gosh, 2020 has been a rough year. But don't go into 2021 being unprepared. Rough isn't an excuse to quit. I know you know that. The left isn't. They're doubling and tripling down. We have to be aware of what's going on. Some of the warnings by Michael Anton in our interview, again, we'll air it next week, are just devastating. Military people, everything. What, what, they're all subjected to public influence campaigns. We're not allowed to put on social media. We think Trump won. Mm, mm. Again, I know I have an interest with them. But download the Parlor app. Whether you decide to use it or not, at least you have a backup. Expect censorship on election day of you, not the left. Now, you may say this can't possibly get any worse. The social media tech tyrants colluding with big media like the New York Times to engage in Soviet Union, Cuba-style speech suppression after the election. No, it's very real. They're not even hiding it. But Alan Bakari was on Tucker Carlson's show last night. He has a terrific new book out um, about the tech tyrants. He did a brief appearance on Tucker Carlson last night where he talked about what the tech tyrants are doing to cross-pollinate critical race theory, which basically says if you're white, you're a racist by default. That's critical race theory, folks. It's all you need to know. It's for idiots. Um, it's inherently racist. But the left loves it. That's where all this white privilege stuff comes from, that you should be treated differently because you're white, which is racist, racist in and of its tautologically racist, right? <laughs> now, what if I told you that Alan Bakari wrote this book has sources telling him that the big tech companies that want to censor you after the election, you conservatives, to prevent you from speaking about the results are also integrating racist critical race theory into their AI models to make sure that in the future you won't be able to speak at all either. Listen to him explain it last night on Tucker Carlson. This is devastating. We all know people get banned on social media. That is just the tip of the iceberg. The really terrifying stuff is what's going on behind the scenes. And that's what these sources have told me about. I know we're short on time, so I'll focus on just one example that more people need to know about. It's called machine learning fairness. Machine learning fairness. Everyone needs to memorize those three words. Machine I'll learning you, fairness. I'll tell you what it is briefly. This is big tech's attempt to merge the fields of computer science on the one hand and critical race theory on the other. Critical race theory, Tucker, the same racist ideology that's being rightly purged from the federal government by President Trump is running rampant 
in Silicon Valley, where it couldn't be more dangerous because these people control the algorithms that are going to control almost every aspect of our lives. You know, they control whose messages are allowed to be seen, whose political movements are allowed to go viral and gain momentum, even whose businesses are going to be successful. If you're on the 10th page of Google search, no one will ever find you. And the people who have this awesome power, which, by the way, affects not just America, but so many other countries around the world, the people who have this power are the same people who think that Ibram Kendi and Robin DiAngelo are the leading intellectual figures of our time. These people are crazy and they're racists and they're running the technologies that are running our world. That's where we are. That's digital totalitarianism. That's what this book is about. Mm. The book is called Hashtag Deleted. I'm going to try to get Alan Bakari. Um, his PR people had reached out. I've just been busy, obviously, with this medical thing. Um, I'm going to try to get him on the show because we need to, we need to talk about this. Can you imagine if your tweets and Facebook posts, Snapchat posts, Instagram posts don't comply with critical race theory and somehow suggest that your race should be irrelevant in determining how your character is judged? A crazy idea. Crazy idea only fostered in advance by brave civil rights activists who've died to wipe the stain of Jim Crow and slavery clean. A crazy idea, though, folks, you know. Race should not be a determinant in how people judge your character, your action should. I know that's a shocker to the left. But if you don't comply with that in the future, that the machine learning fairness, a phrase apparently we should all commit to memory, according to Mr. Bakari, and I'd agree, that the artificial intelligence at these big tech companies will make sure that, what, candidates for office, their posts aren't seen? I had to write this down. Political movements like the Tea Party or Squash before they even start? while Marxist Black Lives Matter leaders get to uh, recklessly advance their ideas all over social media, your business reaches the 42nd page of a Google search instead of page one because Google's determined what? You're a business owner and it's AI figured out that a couple of years ago, you said critical race theories bunk. We should judge people on their character. Your personal messages on Twitter and, and elsewhere are going to be subordinated to the messages of racist Black Lives Matter Marxists at the top of their Leadership food chain? Mm -hmm. Listen, folks, every generation's had its fight, okay? It's, listen, I'm going through mine right now, and it's not easy. It's not even easy getting through this show. But a lot of people have had it a lot tougher. It's time to buckle up, man. And everybody needs to get ready. Get ready for these fights ahead. We're not in Valley Forge. We're not eating our shoe leather. Yeah, look it up. That's what they did. Yeah. They froze to that. We're not there, but we have fights. Embrace them. Embrace the suck. You know, I gave a, did a little rant on the show about three years ago that when I was going through training in the Secret Service, we had an expression. That expression applies again right now. It was called get big. To train someone to get big is hard. You know what get big means? When gunshots, God forbid, start coming your way in law enforcement, your first tendency is to do what? You don't need to be trained yeah, to do get it. Get small. It's to find cover yeah. or concealment. Yeah. Yeah, get small. Thank you, Joe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, better. Well said, Joe. <laughs> better than I could have said. <laughs> get really small, really fast, so you're harder to hit. You don't have to train people to do that. Now, it is helpful to know the difference between cover and concealment. Cover hides you. 
could be a curtain they can't see what they're shooting at. But it's, uh, excuse me, that's concealment. If I got it backwards, that's concealment. But it's not cover. It has no ballistic properties at all. We arrive in the limo and the president in a tent, not because the tent's ballistic, but because you can't see where the president is or where he gets out. Cover, a fire hydrant, a sturdy telephone pole, a double cinder block wall, maybe in fact, cover, and it may be concealment, but they're not the same thing. Not all concealment is cover. Not all cover is concealment. How's that possible? Ballistic glass. It's not concealment, but it's cover. So you have to train people in the Secret Service to be cover and concealment. What do you mean to be? Themselves. So when, God forbid, bullets start flying at one of our protectees, and I do mean, God forbid, the president or someone else, that they don't hit them, but they hit you. That's not an easy thing to train. You have to train people over and over to AOP's assault on principle exercise, where they obviously mock assassination attempts. You have to train people over and over to get big, to get big over and over and over until they stop thinking about getting small and until it's your first response. It's not easy. I was an instructor there. Even the bravest guys among us, it's hard to train people to jump in front of something, even a simunition round. But they do it, and they learn to do it. Now's the time for all of us to get big and get ready for these fights ahead. These election fights, these tech tyrant fights, these corporate tyranny fights, we all need to get big right now. That's why I'm not taking any time off here. I may have to take a day or so. If I can't talk, I don't know really what's going to happen there. But we all need to get big, present company included. It's no time for sob stories. All right, um, let me get to my third sponsor here, and I want to now get to the second portion of this tech tyranny block, where, again, I've warned you repeatedly that the tech tyrants are working with big business, big money, and big leftist activists to make sure you get squashed. This article I'm going to talk about next is scary. I'm just going to warn you in advance. Get ready for it. It's by the great Julie Kelly at American Greatness, author of another great book. Was it Disloyal Opposition, but another good book as well. All right. Today's show brought to you. Gosh, I needed them last night. Uh, I slept good last night, thankfully, because this morning hasn't been that great. Uh, Paula doesn't sleep much lately either. I really feel for her. She's losing weight and everything. It's not good. I feel like we're both sick here. Helix Sleep. They make personalized mattresses made right here in America and shipped straight to your door with free no-contact delivery, free returns, and a 100-night sleep trial. To choose a mattress, Helix has a quiz. It takes just two minutes to complete. It matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. Folks, these are just great mattresses. I don't really have anything else to add other than what do you need out of a mattress? Really super comfortable at a great price and customized for you. Well, there's nowhere else to go. Helix, they're your guys. If you like a mattress that's soft, you like firm, you sleep on your side like I do, or your back or your stomach, or you sleep really hot. With Helix, there's a specific mattress for each and everyone's taste. You just take their sleep quiz. I took the quiz. I was matched to a Midnight Lux mattress. We love it. Been sleeping on it forever. We all love Helix. My daughter has one too. I had a friend come over and we evacuated my daughter's bedroom. He said, hey, you can use that room. And he was like, that's a really great mattress. I'm not kidding. True story. My friend Brian used. I said, it's a Helix. So it was awarded the number one overall mattress pick of 2020 by GQ, Wired Magazine, and Apartment Therapy. Just go to helixsleep.com slash Dan. Take their two-minute sleep quiz. That's all it takes. They'll match you to a customized mattress that'll give you the best sleep of your life. Right now, Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders for our listeners. 
Go to helixsleep.com slash Dan for up to $200 off your mattress order. Helix also offers exclusive discounts for our military. Thank you, guys and ladies, first responders, teachers, and students. Check out their website for more information, helixsleep.com slash Dan. Okay, as I said, a disturbing article, but an article you need to read because it really diagrams out the pernicious, dangerous connections um, between these transition integrity project folks who are planning post-election chaos if Trump wins and the big tech tyrants who are planning to shut you down after the election. Dare you speak about the results if they don't go the left's way? Here's the article. Please, please, I humbly implore you to go to the show notes and read it. Bongino.com slash newsletter is how you access our show notes. Subscribe to the newsletter. It's free. We're not going to spam your inbox. You'll get this email once a day with articles like this. <sighs> Big tech's backing of the Transition Integrity Project lacks integrity. Simply put, the entirety of Silicon Valley is working against Donald Trump and Republicans this year. Julie Kelly, American Greatness. I am... I can't see Joe right now, but I imagine Joe has his shocked face uh, on, yeah. which is to say he doesn't have his shocked face on. <laughs> <laughs> Silicon Valley's working with the left to cause post-election chaos and shut you down. <gasps> shocked face, non-shocked Jeez, face. Dan. Um, yeah. The least surprising thing uh, you've probably heard all day. But let's diagram it out so you know exactly the connection. Remember a couple of weeks ago when I covered this, uh, this um, uh, epic tier one level loser who had threatened Michael Anton. Michael Anton, again, is a guy I interviewed who wrote a piece called The Coming Coup, where he diagrammed out the Transition Integrity Project, this leftist group with a ta- with a tied to people tied to George Soros and his money. He funds these leftist groups a lot. But by the way, those are facts, however uncomfortable they are. Michael Anton was getting death threats on Twitter. One of the guys who implied that he should be killed was this guy Nils something. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember Remember that. Nils? Yeah, Nils. Yeah, so... Nilsy, Nilsy guy. So Nils worked at this Berggren project thing. So here's Julie Kelly's piece. I'm, I'm getting to the ties here between these groups. Just hang in there for a minute. It's important. A co-founder of the Transition Integrity Project is tied to big tech progressive activists with deep pockets and a personal vendetta against Donald Trump. Nils, Nils Gilman. There he is. Never so appropriately named a human being, Nils, means nil to me. Nils Gilman is vice president of the Berggren Institute, a California-based think tank established in 2010 after the financial crisis. The Berggren Institute seeks, quote, great transformations to restructure global institutions such as capitalism and democracy. Wow, sounds like a Marxist group there. At a star-studded gala in New York City last December, this Berggren uh, uh, group awarded its $1 million annual prize to the late Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Huh. So, you know, we know where yeah. their politics yeah. are, uh, which is okay. As you know, you're, Again, I, I am, uh, as a co-owner of a social media titan, I'm proud to say, we don't censor our people and we let liberal ideas go. So now we've established... That uh, Nils Gilman, who's involved with this transition integrity project, calling for a street fight after the election if Trump wins. Not a legal one. Again, their words, not mine. This Berggren Institute, where he's also associated with, also has some very suspicious ties to big tech titans. Here it is, folks. Follow the money everywhere. 
So who's one of the tech titans involved with it? Well, let's go to the screenshot from the piece so you can read it for yourself. Board members of the Berggren Institute include Reed Hoffman, the co-founder of LinkedIn. The 53-year-old is worth a cool $2 billion. That's a nice chunk of change. Yeah. And is a top sugar daddy of the Democratic anti-Trump resistance, according to one report. He offered a $5 million reward for anyone who could produce Donald Trump's tax returns during the 2016 election. Okay, there's LinkedIn guy. LinkedIn guy, Berggren Institute, Nils Gilman, death threats, Michael Anton exposes the coup. Berggren Institute, Transition Integrity Project, street fight after the election if Trump wins. And who's associated with them? Gosh, the LinkedIn guy. Shocker. You may be saying, gosh, as we said, Dan, as I always, I know the listeners in their head, they're like, surely you've got more. Of course, surely I've got more because I've always got more. Yeah. Or should I say, Julie has more from the article. So let's go to screenshot two. Eric Schmidt, former CEO and chairman of Google. Gosh, what's he have to do with that? The longtime Democratic activists and donors were $17 billion. The tycoon recently blamed the president for people dying unnecessarily from COVID-19 because people didn't socially distance or wear masks, even though most Americans have abided by that advice for more than six months. He's, has he gone out recently, Eric Smith? Sees everybody with masks almost everywhere. Google owns YouTube. Now you see why our videos on YouTube yeah. are constantly crushed and demonetized. Hence my business association with YouTube's now fiery competitor, Rumble. What an appropriately named company, Rumble. We like that. Yeah. Paula gave me the fighting rock'em sock'em robots over there. And we're doing very well at Rumble because people hate YouTube too because of leftist activists involved with it. You may say, gosh, LinkedIn and Google are involved with this Bergen Institute, involved with the coup after the election. Surely that's enough. No, surely not. There's more. This is just a small snapshot, by the way. Or a Snapchat. Let's check this out. Screenshot number three. Evan Spiegel, co-founder of Snapchat. This guy's only 30. The 30-year-old husband of actress Miranda Kerr. I don't know Miranda. Me either. Is worth $4.5 million. A, bil- a billion. Excuse me. Million. million. <laughs> that's, that's, his, uh, that's his food bill every year. Snapchat's one of the most popular social media platforms for teens and young adults with about 230 million monthly users. Spiegel announced in November the company will fact check all political ads. So they're on the board this guy of the Berggren Institute, the same institute that houses a guy who co-founded the Transition Integrity Project calling for a street fight after the election. Are these tech titans being put on the record if they support a street fight or not? I'm just asking for the media folks out there. I know you're not real journalists. I get that. But maybe for a moment in a sincere act of astonishing journalistic integrity, it would be a good idea to call these companies and get their PR departments on the phone and go, Hey, listen, you know you're associated with this Bergen Institute, associated with a guy who's running a project calling for a street fight after the election. Do you guys endorse that idea? Or maybe they should do what the media does to Trump, Joe. Here's a crazy Mm -hmm. idea. Maybe you should denounce that. And until they denounce it, if you don't denounce it, you support it. Yeah, we can look it up on uh, socialist media. You're not going to find anything because this thing will get buried tomorrow. Just like this video will be demonetized by YouTube. Therefore, I always ask you, please don't watch it on YouTube. Go to rumble.com slash Bongino and watch it there. Folks, I I, I lose money by telling you that. I I don't want it. Go to Rumble. 
Not interested in them anymore. They've attacked me repeatedly. It's how we fight back. We're free marketeers. Not telling anyone to ban YouTube. I've actually been a strong advocate in front of the camera, behind the camera, in front of the scenes and behind the scenes for social media freedom. These idiot companies are free to do what they want. And we're free to take them on. And we will. All right. Um, I got some video Biden next. Let me just get to my last uh, sponsor. I'm, I'm, uh, again, I appreciate your patience, folks. These sponsors really like to be here. They keep the show free for everyone. So I always appreciate your patience. This is one of my finest sponsors. Um, they've been with me for a long time. They open up the show every day. What do I say every day before we start the show? Protect your online activity, ladies and gentlemen. It's no one else's business. Protect it with a VPN. Who do we use in the house? We use ExpressVPN. Because using the internet without ExpressVPN is like going to the bathroom and not closing the door. Why would you do that? Internet service providers like Comcast or Verizon know every single website you visit. These ISPs can then sell this information to ad companies and tech giants who can't stand you, by the way. I just said that. And then use your data to target you. You're the customer for them. Nothing's free. ExpressVPN creates a secure encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet so your online activity can't be seen by anyone. It's as easy as closing that bathroom door. Fire up the app, click one button. It's super easy. We have it here. It's rated the number one VPN by CNET Wired and The Verge. Works on phones, laptops, even routers. So everyone who shares your Wi-Fi can be protected. We use ExpressVPN on all our devices here at home. Secure your online activity today. Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino. They've been a great sponsor to this show. That's expressvpn.com slash Bongino. They'll give you an extra three months free. Go today, expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Thanks for your patience. They're a great company. All right, um, uh, moving on. So, you know, I again, I hate to keep bringing this up, these ridiculous, absurd, outrageous, classless, liberal media attacks on the president about white supremacy. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a simple question and I've said it over and over. I will say it again. One, I'm going to turn this around in a second. I'm going to make this an argument about where it should be about Joe Biden, who has a far, far deep and long, more extensive history doing questionable things involving race than anyone active in politics now. Yet Joe Biden's not being asked every day to denounce anything. But Trump, despite... 60, 80, 100 categorical firm denouncements of racism, white supremacy, and white supremacists is asked every day to do the same thing over and over again. Why? Because the media hates Trump. It's nothing to do with white supremacy. Here's the only question you need to know. If you're stupid enough in the media or in the general population, I'm sorry, to believe Donald Trump is a racist who supports white supremacists, The show's not for you because you're a moron. And I don't like morons because if morons like my show, it would mean we're doing something wrong. So please don't like this show and stop watching now. If you don't like his politics, fine. You're welcome here always. You're a liberal, you're welcome here. You want to hear other ideas? Fine, we get emails from liberals all the time. If you really believe Trump is a white supremacist, you're an idiot. I have nothing else I can, there's no convincing you of anything. Here's what I am going to convince you though. If you believe Trump is a white supremacist with zero evidence, why are you ignoring the evidence about Joe Biden and him actually on tape? By the way, hat tip Armacost, who sent me, sent me this yesterday. We just got to it today. Thank you, sir. Why, this, Joe found this one. Why are you ignoring Joe Biden's actual praise 
of a white supremacist at former Senator Robert Byrd, an exalted cyclops of the Ku Klux Klan's funeral. It's, it's, on, it's on tape. He calls him a mentor. What was he mentoring you in? Exalted cyclopsing in the Ku Klux Klan? Why is Biden not being asked every day about this? Here's the video. As also noted, Robert C. Byrd was a parliamentary library, a keeper of the institution of the Senate, and he was the institution itself. But to me, and many people here today, like guys I see, Bill Bradley and Jim Sasser, who long left the Senate for greener pastures, and I hope better remuneration, used to kid about that too, but I, uh, for a lot of us, he was a friend, and he was a mentor, and he was a guide. Robert Byrd was a member of the Ku Klux Klan. Now, ladies and gentlemen, to be clear, if Robert Byrd was a Republican, Robert Byrd would have been banished from public life forever. He was literally, not figuratively, an exalted cyclops of the Ku Klux Klan. Actual white supremacists. I'm not suggesting people can't repent for their stupidity. Jesus Christ forgave a murderer on the cross next to him. I'll see you in heaven. But I'm suggesting to you if the standard is any attachment to known white supremacists, however loose, fabricated or whatever, ever at any point in your history, means you should be canceled, then why is Joe Biden not canceled? That's him on tape praising. Do you understand? An exalted cyclops of the Ku Klux Klan? The reason you don't care is because you know your standard's ridiculous. That's why. And you know your standard has nothing to do with race and everything to do with politics. Let me add a note to this that I didn't expect to take. And I thought of this this morning. I was going through some pictures of some stuff for a lot of reasons unrelated to the show, but related to my current situation. And I saw a picture that came up. You know what's even more odd? I'm 99% sure mm. I was there. My gosh, Dan, you were at Robert Byrd's funeral. Yeah. Is that right? Huh. Yeah. Now, hold on a second. Huh. I'm going to go through this. I'm going to see. So, yeah, I saw this this morning. I just thought of this. Yeah. I have a file in my phone. It's called Secret Service Photos. I have some old photos from when I was uh, in the Secret Service. I was scrolling through this morning and I found. This picture, that one right there. Oh, I probably can't see it. I'm, no. I'm doing this stuff. Watch it on Rumble. I mean, <laughs> I'm reasonably confident that picture was taken at Robert Byrd's funeral or going to it. I'd have to go back and look at my, I have some uh, paperwork for my times at the Secret Service, just some generic stuff like logistics where I was just to kind of ground me and everything. I'm pretty sure I was there. Now, you may say, how could you forget that? Well, you know, I worked there for 12 years. You you know, you're thinking about protection. You go to events all the time. I am 99.9% sure I was there. Not as a guest. I don't go to Ku Klux Klan members' funerals. Sorry. Working Barack Obama's detail that day. I think I was the number one whip that day. I'm almost positive. If anyone in the Secret Service is listening and can check that for me, looking at the date, I'm 99% sure I was there. And let me tell you what I remember. I'm almost 100% sure. I don't remember the speeches. And candidly, I don't remember that one by Joe Biden. I remember Obama's, though. 
And I remember going in, being briefed, and I remember there were a whole lot of Democrats there too, clapping about Byrd's record in the Senate. Why are they not? Why are they not canceled? Which is weird because by acknowledging that, could I be canceled for being a Secret Service agent working for Obama there that day? Probably. <laughs> Probably. There'll be a boycott on my show tomorrow. I'm guaranteed some boycott. Someone. My gosh, Dan Bongino was a Secret Service agent, worked Robert Byrd's funeral. Yeah. Worked it because Barack Obama decided to give a speech there, celebrating the exalted Cyclops of the Ku Klux Klan. Again, will Barack Obama be canceled? Nah, not a chance. Now, showing you how insane this argument in the country about white supremacy, which is clearly a stain and a cancer on the body of our American body politic. But ladies and gentlemen, we're being told things about the threat. It's not about the threat of white supremacy. That's any kind of racial supremacy is a threat to the fabric of the country. Yeah. But the media, what they're doing is making this threat almost existential. And they're doing it, not to downplay the perniciousness of it, that's an obvious. They're doing it to keep a political narrative going against President Trump and to distract you from the obvious racists at BLM too. Do you see what they're doing? We need to focus all our attention on white supremacists. This is the, an existential threat to the United States. And then we say to the media, yeah, we agree. That's pretty grotesque and is a problem. But they're not the ones burning the cities down right now. Maybe we should deal with that. Like, that's a BLM Antifa thing. The media goes, you're definitely a racist. So in an astonishing act of actual journalism, I'm not kidding. This is not the sarcasm hour with Dan Bongino for this one. Believe me, this show has been rough. In an astonishing act of actual journalism, the New York Times discovered the truth. I'm not kidding. This is not like me trying to be funny. A reporter who decided to be a journalist went out to these riots where we've been told it's the white supremacists burning all the cities down. There's no evidence of that anywhere. But we've been told by liberal talking heads on cable news that, yes, that's a direct threat. Allocate all your assets to the white supremacists. But shouldn't we be investigating the Antifa BLM people that are telling us they're burning the city? No, no, no. It's the white supremacists, like Robert Byrd used to be. You know, the funeral Joe Biden and Obama spoke at. So a New York Times reporter wrote this article where she decided to check that out for herself. Is it really white supremacists burning the cities down? Hat tip, Farrah Stockman at the New York Times. No joke. The truth about today's anarchists. This is her headline. She says, insurrectionary anarchists have been protesting for racial justice all summer. Some black leaders wish they would go home. Wait, black leaders wish they would go home? Wait, what, what? I thought these revolutionary anarchists were fighting for racial justice. So why would black leaders wish for them to go home? I thought it was a bunch of white supremacists too. Clearly none of that's true. Well, what's your evidence? Well, the evidence is embedded in the article where I'm, this woman has done actual journalism here. Check out screenshot one on the, is this white supremacist burning down American cities? Again, ladies and gentlemen, it's the New York Times. It's not Bongino.com. Mr. Quinn began studying footage of looting from around the country and saw the same black outfits and in some cases, the same masks. He decided to go to a protest dressed like that himself to figure out what was really going on. 
He expected to find white supremacists who wanted to help reelect President Trump by stoking fear of black people. I mean, ladies and gentlemen, that's what we've been told, right? Back to the piece. What he discovered instead were true believers in insurrectionary anarchism. Bingo. What Joe and I have only been telling you now for the last three, four months since the George Floyd incident. What did I tell you, ladies and gentlemen? This is not white supremacists doing this. These are planned Antifa anarchists. Planned. Planned. Listen to me. This is not an idea, Antifa. It's not a random group. It's not hot passions of the moment where people turned up at the White House. My law enforcement contacts text me and email me all the time. Dan, these are the same people being flown in from riots and chaos all over the country to cause riots and chaos in your town. How are they flying in? Who's paying for it? Who's planning it? This is not an emotional response. This is a planned insurrection. You are not witnessing a racial justice protest. You are witnessing an insurrection. And the New York Times has just gotten punched in the face by it. You don't believe me on the planning part? Let's go back to the New York Times. Again, in an act of actual journalism. Hat tip, by the way, Peter Hassan, Daily Caller. These are his highlights from the New York Times article. Quote, while talking heads on television routinely described it as a spontaneous eruption of anger. This is the New York Times at racial justice, spontaneous eruption of anger at racial justice. It was strategically planned, facilitated, and advertised on social media by anarchists who believe that their actions advance the cause of racial justice. In some cities, they were a fringe element quickly expelled by peaceful organizers. But in Washington, Portland, and Seattle, they've attracted a, quote, cult-like energy, Mr. Quinn told me. Been listening to my show? Sound like what I told you three and four months ago? What did I say on Fox News and on my show? This is not a protest. This is an insurrection. That's a quote. Look it up. Now, the New York Times themselves, in a mind-blowing act of actual journalism, has been forced to reckon with the fact that what we've been saying, you're a conspiracy theorist, is actually true. You're not witnessing a protest. You're witnessing an insurrection. Now do you understand why guests like Michael Anton People like Julie Kelly highlighting this coming insurrection are so important. These people are not kidding around. We got to fight ahead. We're all going to get big. We're all going to get through it. The United States has been through this before. We've been through a lot worse. We've been through a civil war. Casualties in the hundreds of thousands. Blood in our own soil. We don't want to go through that again. But we'll get through this. Personally, we'll get through it, our own personal fights, and together. It's not a kumbaya moment, folks. It's just the hard reality. And the hard reality is you don't have any other choice. What are we going to do? Give up? Wave the white flag? I'm not doing that. I don't care how bad it gets. This ship's going down, then we're all going down with it. Some people are hip to it, and some people aren't. Which segues to my next story, 
Who's hip to what's going on outside of the coming coup? Well, some people know what's coming on up to with the election, and they understand that this election may not be decided by presidential electors or your vote. (laughs) That's not possible. The Electoral College decides the president. No, the Electoral College votes for the president, and you need 270 Electoral College electors to be the president of the United States. Everybody understands that, correct? The Electoral College only decides the president if 270 electors decide who the president is. The Constitution's a robust document, though, and has a preparation plan in our great Constitution for contingencies. And there is a contingency if the state's state's popular vote, which determines their presidential electors, cannot be decided for some reason. There is a contingency plan if a candidate for president does not get to 270 electoral college votes. And that contingency plan is it goes to the House of Representatives, where every state gets one vote in the House of Representatives. Those representatives from that state have to decide where their state's vote's going to go. And the first person to get 26 votes, depends I don't know how many rounds of voting they have to go through, but whoever gets the 26 del- state delegations first wins. For the liberals listening, that's a majority, 26. Pelosi knows this and sees that this contingency, although unlikely, could very well happen. It is 2020. We haven't had a presidential election decided in the House of Representatives for over 100 years. But it's happened. And it could very well happen right now. Pelosi knows this. Pelosi sees the writing on the wall and Pelosi knows she's got a problem right now. And what's her problem? Pelosi's problem is the majority of state delegations in our House of Representatives, 26 of them, literally a majority by one, are controlled by Republicans. She knows she needs to change that after the election. There are 26 state delegations where the majority of congressmen are Republicans. There are 22 that are Democrats. But what happened to the other two? Well, Michigan and Pennsylvania, the delegations are evenly split. Hmm. Why is Nancy Pelosi campaigning in Michigan then? Oh, because she's already figured this out. Are we campaigning in Michigan too? Washington Post. Check this piece out. Democrats focus on cutting off paths to victory for Trump if the presidency is thrown to the House to decide. Oh, Michigan, whose delegation is tied. And if they win one more congressional seat in Michigan, it'll be a Democrat delegation. And one more in Pennsylvania. Then they can flip the state delegations before the House would have to decide the presidency. Look where Nancy Hmm. Pelosi finds herself campaigning. Let's go to the screenshot from the Washington Post. Oh, ho! Oh, in the 8th Congressional, uh, excuse me, in the, uh, what is it, District in Michigan by this woman, uh, Jen Scholten. And if successful in elevating this congressional candidate, Biden's trip could serve as a backstop for his own presidential bid. A Scholten, this is a Democrat candidate for Congress, a Scholten victory in Michigan would likely give Democrats eight of Michigan's 14 seats in the House, helping Pelosi's newly stated goal of blocking Trump from a last gasp effort to remain in the White House if he does not win the November election. Why is Nancy Pelosi in Michigan? And why are the Democrats uh, campaigning so vigorously in Pennsylvania? Because they want to flip the delegation, not just to gain congressional seats, but if the House has to choose the president, which could happen, ladies and gentlemen, it is 2020. The Democrats need those two delegations back. I'll throw in a call to action. If you're in Connor Lamb from Pennsylvania's district, who's a Democrat, 
and you're not looking up the name Sean Parnell right now, the more than qualified, excellent candidate running against him in Pennsylvania who could determine not only his own race, but the presidency, you're doing yourself a disservice. If you're in Pennsylvania, Google what district you're in, Google. Don't use Google. I can yeah, see we right. do it yeah. ourselves. Go to a search engine, not Google. Go to not Google. Anything not Google. And and uh, search for the name Sean Parnell. P-A-R-N-E-L-L. He's running against Connor Lamb. Could determine the outcome of Pennsylvania in a presidential election. It's not just about him anymore. Vote at the top of the ticket and vote down ballot too. Do not skip one race. Don't let Pelosi outfox you. She knows exactly what's going on. That's why she's focusing on Michigan and Pennsylvania. All right, folks, we got through that. Thank you very much for your patience today. Again, it's been uh, not a, such a great day. Um, I'll keep you all advised either way. We'll get through it. Uh, you know, no time for anybody's uh, sob stories now. Just time for hard facts and uh, hard treatments. We got to take the syrup of Vipicac. We all got to get ready. All right, thanks again for tuning in. Please subscribe to my show on rumble.com. It is the free speech alternative to YouTube. My show is at rumble.com slash Bongino. Obviously subscribing is free and you can watch the videos there without supporting Google. Also, please go to Parler today as well. P-A-R-L-E-R. Start an account. If you don't want to start your posting right away, we'd like you to, but that's fine. But start the account. Download the app in the app store, P-A-R-L-E-R Parler, so you can speak freely on election day and after and not be subjected to the Twitter tyrants. We really appreciate it. I'll see you all on Monday. Good day, sir. You just heard Dan Bongino.